I'm back, and so are the Boston Red Sox, maybe after they finally won a series against an AL East team this weekend. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Nessens Lauren Willand. I got married, so now I have a new last name alongside me, the person who held it down for the last two weeks, Jake Ignazewski, Massachusetts Pirates Team Insider, Worcester Red Sox production assistant, doing all things every single day and including helping me host this Locked On Red Sox podcast. It was a good weekend for the Red Sox. Very easily could have come away with a sweep of the New York Yankees, but I think the Red Sox fans here will take a series win against an AL East team. It is their, it's technically their second series win. I don't think the the one game they beat the Orioles last week should count as a series. I'm 100% with Alex Spear on that one, but this was a much needed series win. They won Friday 3-2, lost Saturday 3-2, and then won Sunday 3-0 on Sunday night baseball in two hours and 15 minutes. But overall, just a very positive weekend for Boston. It's a very good sign when uh, a team like the Red Sox, who, you know, the the tone of this team since the All-Star break ended really has not been great whatsoever. And, and when you're able to win a series against the best team in baseball and also your arch rival, the New York Yankees, uh, it, it was very nice to see. And I think this is the first time in a few months where we've seen the swagger of this Red Sox team, you know, we're going to talk about what happened, uh, you know, th throughout the weekend and also on Friday, but you know, you just felt a little bit of different energy when watching the games and uh, you weren't really on the edge of your seat too, too much on if the Red Sox were going to blow it at all. And I really felt very confident every single time I was watching these games and, uh, this was the first time I had a little bit where, you know, I was, I was fist pumping. Like I, I was just super excited and there felt like a little bit more of adrenaline than there has been uh, in a few weeks or so. And we saw some of that swagger on Sunday. And I want to start there because we had a little bit of everything here. We had really strong pitching from Michael Waka, his first start since June 28th, uh, Raphael Devers with the two run Homer in the sixth and you saw him just kind of kind of pimp the home run, the bat flip. You saw that kind of energy come back to him. And he's always somebody who's just a big goof in the best way possible. Like he loves this game. He has his own little quirks about him. And you, Xander Bogarts, who was on the on-deck circle, knew it right away the second he hit it. But that had to have felt good. Raphael Devers is a Yankees killer. We all know that. The Yankees know that. But just to see him... Put the Reds, give the Red Sox some insurance in a moment they really needed to and give Waka that, that cushion there was really good to see. Devers and Pham were pretty much all the offense uh, on Sunday. We saw Tommy Pham go uh, three for four uh, with two runs. And as you mentioned, Michael Waka shoved. I, I mean, it, it seems so easy for him, so natural for him right in his first start back. And uh, it, it was a little bit weird because I, I know you went to the Portland game where uh, he had his final rehab assignment. And I looked at that stat line thinking in my mind, you know, he threw a no hitter in four and two thirds in Worcester and he, he didn't honestly looked that great for, from what the numbers looked like uh, when he pitched in Portland. But it, it was really nice to see him uh, go up against one of the best offenses 
in baseball and and really make it look like it was a minor league team. And uh, especially going against guys like Aaron Judge, Andrew Benintendi, and, uh, you know, Josh Donson, he, he just seems so easy for him just to pinpoint his control right on the corners. And, you know, those hitters didn't seem like they knew what was coming whatsoever. No, they didn't. And I went to Michael Walker's uh, game in Portland. And on the second pitch of the game, he gets hit in the foot with a comebacker. And Derek and I just looked at each other like, come on. And this was either the morning after or the morning of we found out about Chris Sale breaking his Yeah, it was the same day. So, so, you know. I, I remember seeing Derek's tweet. I'm like, thank God it didn't turn into something worse. And it was, he looked to be in, I'm sure it stung, obviously, but he looked to be in pain. I was like, oh no, this is, this is not this is just exactly what's supposed to happen, right? Like the Red Sox fans or Red Sox cannot catch a break, but he did bounce back. He did get into the fifth inning. And while his stat line as a whole looked fine, his control was a bit all over the place. We did see that a little bit last night, but nine strikeouts getting into the seventh, especially when Cutter Crawford and Nate Evaldi got into the sixth two games prior, it was just so crucial for Waka to go at least six, which could be asking a lot in his first major league start since June. But he looked really, really good. And thank God, you know, Brazier right after him looked good, too, because I, I saw, you know, him come in and all I'm thinking is, come on, don't don't ruin this. You know, it's been a good night. Like Waka did really well throughout the first uh, first seven. But Brazier looked good, too. And, he, and he's looked good uh, over the last few games or so. Uh, you know, luckily, the Red Sox bullpen has been doing their job and getting the necessary outs. And uh, even Garrett Whitlock coming in in that ninth inning, uh, lo looking like the closer, you know, you and I want to see, uh, and and really did a good job of, of being able to seal the win for the Red Sox. But I, I think that this is just um, such a momentum builder for this team. And, you know, they're, they're starting to pile up these wins a little bit, uh, even even though, you know, they, they lost on Saturday and we're going to talk about that, you know, just continuing to – you know, get wins here and there, but you, you really you really need to start to get on a run very soon if you want to be able to uh, do stuff in October and not be playing golf. No, exactly. And they have a series coming up with the Pirates. The momentum is in their favor. The Yankees are starting to kind of slip a little bit here. And we've talked about this throughout the season that there is room for them to kind of have a bit of a, a fallback, so to say, mm -hmm. and can kind of afford to lose these games. But now they... I don't want to say that they're collapsing by any means because I don't think that's the case. I think they're just going through a little slump like every team goes through that the Red Sox have just seemed to go through all season. But it was crucial for the Red Sox to win this series. It was a very – they easily could have swept this series. But I have to give a stick tap, hat, tip of the cap, whatever, base sport we're in here, to the bullpen because – they looked really, really good, and especially Matt Barnes. I don't think I thought I was going to say that this season, but he looked the most confident, the strongest he's looked all season over the weekend, and he I'm not going to sit here and be like, he's back, but if he can be this kind of steady pitcher into the end of the season, I'm going to be okay with that because he looked, like I said, he looked confident, he looked in control of his pitches, and he got big outs. It's very needed for him, and this is just such a great confidence booster for for Matt Barnes, a, a guy who we haven't seen look like himself since uh, you know last July when he was named an AL All Star. And uh, the the last episode that we posted on this podcast, me and Chris Hendrick were we're talking about they need to find a way to trade him, and we haven't seen a guy uh, you know have this sort of uh, collapse or. Um, you know, n not not pitching up to par or struggling since Matt ba uh, Daniel Bard 
And it's it's pretty incredible to uh, be able to see how he's sort of changing his fortune now. You know, he looked like Nick Pavetta uh, last year in the playoffs, coming off the mound, you know, fist pump, you know, bumping his chest. And, you know, that's just sort of uh, the the type of stuff that will really help a pitcher and motivate him uh, to have uh, a much, much better run than we've seen from him. And, you know, if Cora is able to put him in the right situations and, and maybe he's not feeling that high pressure like, we, like we've seen him uh, collapse in before, uh, hopefully he can start to build up that confidence and, and be the Matt Barnes that, you know, we saw in the first half of last season. Yeah, even if he can be a solid setup guy, I think Red Sox fans will take any sort of solid production from Matt Barnes at this point. But it was just really, really good to see. You could see it on his face, too, that he was just amped up to be able to properly contribute to this team, probably for the first time this year. I mean, he was on the IL. His ERA was skyrocketed. Everyone, he was throwing batting practice every time he was on the mound. And now, like I said, I'm not going to say he's back, but I was very, very encouraged by uh, from what I saw over the weekend and someone else that I've been very encouraged by is Tommy Pham. We're going to talk about him in the rest of this series in the second segment of the Locked On Red Sox podcast after I tell you about LinkedIn because if you can believe it, it is almost fall and you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions apply. So Tommy Pham, who was acquired by the Red Sox at the trade deadline for a player to be named later, this looks like a very, very good trade right now for the Red Sox. He's just been really, really good for this team. He came up clutch in Friday's game with the walk-off single in the 10th inning, got a Gatorade bath, the water was flying, and his quote to Nessence Jemai Webster after the game was perfect. He was like, Jemai asked him what the, the mindset was, and he's like, end it. We don't get paid for overtime, so we got to end it. And he did just that. And he said, you couldn't ask for anything else. And just overall, just been fantastic for this Red Sox team. His first 10 games here, he has at least one hit in eight of those contests. That was going into Friday's game. I'm sure those stats have since changed the last two. But overall, I know I was not happy with the trade deadline. And like I said, it had nothing to do with the, the major league players coming in. But Tommy Pham looks like he is the perfect fit and even better this almost happened a few months ago and it it really should have you know if you if you uh had tommy fam in right field instead of jackie bradley jr maybe we, not record wise i don't think we'd be talking about anything different because i think uh, a lot of the losses have come from the bullpen collapses or the lack of offense but you know you could say if, if tommy fam was able to do what he's done since joining the red sox throughout the season Maybe you could add a few more wins to the Red Sox total because, uh, you know, in the last seven games, batting 333 with three home runs and nine RBIs and uh, has just really looked confident at the plate. You know, as we mentioned, Sunday's game was three for four. And uh, he's he's just somebody who it seems like anytime the Red Sox uh, need to extend the inning or drive a runner in or just need somebody to come up clutch, Tommy Pham is that guy. And uh, he, he really just seems to 
kind of like Kyle Schwarber last year, just really fit into this team and this clubhouse and the culture. And you're you're really starting to hear him talk about how much he loves playing in Boston with the atmosphere. But I feel like, you know, no no diss to Jeff or anything like that. Uh, That's what happens when you go from losing Cincinnati Reds to the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, what, what you've been able to see, you know, from the tone of both of these teams eerily similar unfortunately but uh you know luckily uh fam is able to really be able to have the crowd behind him sh- show him uh that appreciation uh you know through their claps through the atmosphere that Fenway has and uh l- luckily this is something that I didn't know uh and, and found out yesterday and it makes this trade book even better uh that a mutual option for six million dollars is on the table and uh I-, I think that honestly it's a no-brainer at this point for the Red Sox to pick that up yeah, it seems, you know, right now on August 15th, that seems like that is the thing to do, especially that this team did need outfield help at the trade deadline. This team probably still will need outfield help come next year, especially even though Jaron Duran showed some good defense over the weekend, you don't really know what his future in Boston is, whether that they continue to stick with him, they try to tra- trade him for prospects or an, another major league ready player, who knows? But you have Tommy Pham, who's fit into this lineup, And it kind of reminds me of the Kyle Schwarber trade last year because even though the Red Sox needed outfield help, he just kind of fit, like you said, seamlessly into this lineup. He's already embraced being in Boston. We know that he wanted to come here a few months ago and the the trade never happened or anything like that. But for somebody who's had so much negative attention on him with this whole fantasy football thing with Mike Trout and then the whole slap thing getting suspended – Maybe all this guy needed was just a change of scenery. Like you said, no offense to Jeff, our, our channel manager and host of Locked on Reds, but the Reds just, they could, they were a mess and they're still kind of messy. And not that the Red Sox are the number one team in the AL East or the number one team in the AL Wild Card, but when you go to a team that has a lot of history, you have that storied rivalry with the Yankees and you have a history of winning, you have the expectation of winning it probably motivates them a little bit more to just be a better player, be the player that they know they can be. And I've loved every single thing I've seen from Tommy Pham this year. It was a right now, it looks like a great trade. So that player to be named later, who knows who that player will be. Uh, I don't even know when we'll find out. I mean, we could find out in the off season, maybe find out tomorrow with our luck. We'll find out second. We stop recording locked on Red Sox, but as good as Tommy Pham was, Nato Valdi, even though he went six innings on Friday, he didn't look his sharpest. He had decreased velocity on his fastball, which always makes me nervous when there's decreased velocity there and with his history of Tommy John and elbow injuries. But he did get through six innings. He had to gut through them because he didn't really have a choice. You needed to give this bullpen a rest. But if you get through six innings and only give up two earned runs on eight hits, I'm going to take that nine times out of ten. That works for me. It's it's just unfortunate that, you know, he hasn't looked himself whatsoever, it seems, in the last, like, two months or so. And it's unfortunate when, when you saw the update that he was going to be returning, especially with all the injuries and how bad the pitching was for the Red Sox. You know, as fans in our mind, it's it's awesome. You know, we're actually getting a reliable pitcher back. But it's, it's crazy to look at this rotation and see Nathan Avaldi and Nick Pavetta 
and both of those guys have been one of the most inconsistent pitchers like on the team and uh you know it's thank god that walk is back and uh you know thank god that guys like josh winkowski and cutter crawford have stepped up when the team is needed most but uh especially if the red Sox want to continue piling up these wins and uh having this reassurance resurgence uh to be able to get into the playoffs nathan Navaldi needs to pitch uh not as close as we saw to, to like the ace form as we saw last year but he's got to do a little bit better than we saw on friday he does. And whether that's less hits, obviously less earned runs would be ideal. But I, I'm i still a little worried about that decreased velocity on the fastball. But, you know, when you have the bullpen, thankfully, Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier, Garrett Whitlock, who really st- stepped up in Friday's win, helped keep that, that lead close and helped keep the Yankees at bay. You're like, OK, maybe it's not the end of the world, but you're not always going to get that. You rely on Nato Valdi. You rely on the Nick Pavettas to do their job, and hopefully the bullpen can go in and close it out. But at the end of the day, I I'll take it. Like you know, like you said, it works for you, it works for me. Um, and you mentioned Cutter Crawford, who did everything he possibly could have to get the win on Saturday. They the Red Sox lost three to two after winning three two on Friday in very exciting fashion with the Tommy Pham walk off. But Cutter Crawford. Despite the loss, he still looked really, really strong. And I'm really encouraged because he wasn't all that great in Worcester. He was kind of struggling down there, but he's just been a a new kind of pitcher. He's been reliable. He went six innings, and he really helped, again, that depleted bullpen for the second consecutive night. Alex Cora had heaps of praise, calling him really, really good, good mix of pitches. And even though the Yankees hit balls hard, they played the Red Sox played good defense behind Crawford. And one thing that really stuck out to me is that Alex Cora said he understands and he watches the game and he makes the adjustments. He watched Ovaldi yesterday, kind of like the way he attacked the opposition. He was tremendous. So you can clearly tell that Crawford is doing everything he can to better himself and to be the, the pitcher that the Red Sox need him to be. And somebody who can make adjustments on the fly is going to be crucial down the stretch for the last month and a half, two months of the season. And that's very impressive for a guy who he's, he's only in his, I mean, you could still, I guess, consider him a rookie because he only had one start uh, uh, last season. And, you know, he, he's just done a really good job of, of being able to uh, do exactly what the Red Sox need. Go out there, whether it's, you know, you allow six hits, maybe one or two earned runs and, you know, you strike out five or six, you know, that's, that's just all that the Red Sox needed. And, and he's making a case for himself, not only for the rest of this season, but for next season to be a fifth starter and I think it's going to be really tough of him and Winkowski continue uh down the stretch that they're going of of having reliable outings uh you, you got to either put one of them in the rotation next season or, or have one of them as a long reliever but it's, it's really nice for the Red Sox to be able to have those options uh and in the past we haven't seen them have those options and especially with the injuries how much they've really piled up and uh, you know we saw what Cutter Crawford did at the start of the season when the Red Sox did put all their confidence in him giving him a roster spot in April and now it's starting to pay off and uh, he he's somebody who uh, I could see be a very big help for this team especially down the stretch uh, and it just such a just such a great uh, signing for the Red Sox I don't I, really, I gotta look back I don't even know how they got him yeah, I'll have to look back on that too, but I feel like it's been a while since we said this. This is a good problem to have. And yeah. you know, we've we've seen the Red Sox struggle so much this season. And no, we're not sitting here, we're not putting all our eggs in one basket saying like the Red Sox are, are going to definitely make the postseason. Because we know that's not 
that's not a guarantee. They still have a lot of games ahead of them. They have a tough schedule ahead of them. But the trade acquisitions have been really, really good. Tommy Pham, even Reese McGuire, he hit his 10th double of the season on Saturday against the Yankees. He's now, after Saturday's game, batting 500 with nine base hits in 18 at-bats since joining the Red Sox. And this guy has a lot of eyes on him because of his past as well. And then being the guy who comes in for Christian Vasquez, essentially, though he's going to take over the some of the catching duties with Christian Vas for Christian Vasquez. And I think he's done a lot to prove that he can be a starting catcher for the Red Sox for the rest of the season, as much as I love Kevin Flecky. And it's really unfortunate to see how how ineffective Flecky has been throughout this season, especially with I, I remember him coming up so clutch in multiple situations for the Red Sox throughout last season. And and he and he really looked like a reliable, uh, you know, spot starter for, for any other team because he's not he's not going to potentially be on the team next year because he's going to be an impending free agent. So uh, it will really be interesting, obviously, to see what happens for that position uh, for the future. But uh, Reese McGuire, just, just a very good, reliable uh, guy for the Red Sox to have. And uh, who knows if we continue to see Pilecki, uh struggling through, throughout down the stretch. Maybe we could see Ronaldo Hernandez or Connor Wong come up. But uh, it's, it's nice uh, to – have a replacement like McGuire where you're not nervous with him coming up because especially with, uh, you know, Vasquez being traded and, and you know, the hole that McGuire had to fill, it's, it's, it's nice that at least the Red Sox are able to have confidence that McGuire will be able to drive guys in and get on base when they need it. Yeah, 100%. And he's fit. I mean, every Eric Hosmer, Reese McGuire, Tommy Pham, they've all fit in very, very well to this lineup. Thank God Eric Hosmer's knee contusion was nothing but missing a game because I don't think I could have handled any more injuries to this Red Sox team. But the team is getting healthy and the team looks to be really confident right now, especially after a series win against the Yankees going into a series against the Pirates. We still have one more segment here on the Locked On Red Sox podcast, our mental health minute. But before we get into that, Jake wants to tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your betting needs and find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find your reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be your top resource for all your sports wagering information like live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. So head over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. So to end uh, the Lockdown Red Sox podcast here on this lovely Monday morning, uh, as you all know, I got married last weekend. We got married last Saturday, and it was incredibly fun. It was such a, a very low-key day leading up to it. It was just, I was just not stressed the entire time. And Derek brought up a good point that it was, probably from working in sports where Jake, you know, like we're so prepared for anything and everything to happen at the drop of a hat, anything can go wrong, anything can go right. So that kind of prepared us just to be like, whatever. And my photographer had told us that something inevitably will go wrong, but no one's going to know except you two. And two things did go wrong. My flowers were wrong, still beautiful, still absolutely gorgeous, but they were wrong and there were not enough bouquets. Um, my florist was incredible though. My wedding coordinator was incredible and it all worked out. Um, and then two buttons fell off my dress while we were buttoning it up. But my very crafty bridesmaid grabbed safety pins and just boom, boom. And you would never know. 
So those are the, the only major things that went wrong. But the entire day was perfect. It was a little hot on the beach where we got married, but everything was inside. But my favorite part was just seeing everyone from our lives, like Derek's group of friends from his childhood, my group of friends from childhood, our families from all over the country under one roof celebrating us. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very cool. I'm not somebody who's who likes to be the, the center of attention or anything like that. But I was like, I think one day is okay to like this kind of attention because it is, it was very intimate. There was only about 80 people there and it was just so much fun to celebrate, to dance. I don't think I left the dance floor for more than five minutes the entire night. Our DJ was absolutely incredible. Just kept everyone on the dance floor. And it was just really, really cool day. And we want to do it again. Like let, let's get married like every weekend. Cause it was just, <laughs> so much fun our coordinators were incredible our the director of events everyone at our venue was just absolutely amazing and like i said i wish we could do it again just because it was it's so cliche but it was the best day of my life i saw you guys had some great dance moves and, <laughs> and also did you guys shake hands like after <laughs> after uh after like I don't, I don't know after the ceremony ended yeah so we've had this thing that we shake hands like a very like firm handshake. We don't know how we started this. Like it just, it came to be, we've been doing it for the four years you've been together. And I was like, before they, before our like first kiss as husband and wife, we need to shake hands. And yeah. we did it. And I didn't know that they would be filming from the top, like the, from the window up top, right. That look, overlooks the, the ceremony site. So to actually see that, I was like, that is so funny. And everyone <laughs> around us, like they know, like, like what are these weirdos doing shaking hands? Like, I right. don't understand it. I was like, we don't either. It's just our thing. But yes, um, it was that. We also had our dog's head, Roxy. She We had like a that. fat head of her on a stick. Big hit. Recommend if you can't bring your dog to your wedding to do that. But yeah, it was just very personalized to us. Like we dropped the puck before the ceremony started. We had rally towels. So it was just very personalized to us. Like I said, best day of my life. That's awesome. So so happy you guys were able to really enjoy it and, you know, that the weather worked out for you. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's the best part about weddings is, is getting everybody together fr from like throughout both of your guys' lives. And and also, you know, it's it's cool to see how they interact, too, because like, you know, yeah. some people are like, I didn't realize that like they might get along or they might get along. And uh, it, it's it's cool to have uh, everybody around you that, that you care about. And, you know, that's what I, I noticed when when uh my mom ha had her wedding a, a year or so ago. It was my first ever wedding. And I'm like, this, this is amazing. Like, I, I can't wait until mine or, you know, and, and for, for me and, you know, the next few years, probably mm -hmm. some of my friends will get married too. So uh, weddings are definitely fun. Wish it was a, you know, an every weekend thing, but uh, de def definitely would get tiring if, if it was a little bit. <laughs> tiring and broke. Weddings do get very expensive for, for everyone, for guests, for bridesmaids, for brides and grooms, but we literally could not have asked for a better day. We, set, we definitely have the wedding blues seeping in now, but we're so excited for our pictures to come back. And we have this awesome memory to look back on for hundreds of years from here. And even my grandmother was dancing. My grandmother's 94 years old. She was out on the dance floor. So it was just so good to see. But it is really good to be back here on Locked On Red Sox. And I'm glad to be able to bring you Locked On Red Sox Monday through Friday. We are back. The Red Sox hopefully are back. And thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen. Rate, review, and subscribe right here on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast is where you can find us. Find us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox, Jake at Jake Iggy, me, la, 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four R's. 
my last name will change. My Twitter handle will never change. It's been part of my life since I was like 15. And now that you've made Locked On Red Sox your first listen, head on over to Locked On MLB to make it listen number two. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan, just call him Sully, brings you humor, brings you passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. We have a special crossover episode with Locked On Pirates as we preview the upcoming series in what hopefully will be another series win for the Red Sox. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, let's go Red Sox.